Come breathe upon me. Breath Welcome back of God. on this episode of Deeper Life. Breathe upon me. Out the Listen and be blessed. Spirit of the Lord, as I lift my hands in surrender. into your presence tonight we press in like the blind man waiting patiently That's all we need tonight. Jesus came and rescued me. Suddenly, a touch from heaven, right in your rooms, right where you are. Jesus came. And he set me free. I remember many years ago. It was a season I was very hungry for God. It was that season where I learned what it is to be touched by God. 
Day after day, I longed for his presence. I was a good Christian, wasn't the minister. Loved the Lord, worshiped. But I knew there was something more that the disciples had. Not just all the experience. There's something more that made them live for Jesus. Even die as a martyr for Jesus. Something that was beyond words. Something way beyond what the world could offer. So I began to press in and press in and press into the presence of God. Wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. Until I remember one day, the Lord touched me. Mighty presence of God filled my life. I fell on the floor. I was shaking under the power of God. It was more than words. It was more than just an experience. It was when God the Holy Spirit visited me. I had an encounter with God. began to learn all my life, all the ministry, all that I have done for God was nothing compared to Him coming and visiting me. I knew the Lord was in that place. That experience was beyond words. was beyond anything I could see and imagine, anything that I could, could talk about. Tears rolling down my eyes. I couldn't compare it with anything that I've ever known or seen before. Began to understand. I had an open heaven over me. Began to hear the call of God. His voice over my life became clearer than ever before. I want to tell you, my friend, these are days of an encounter with God. God said in Joel, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit. Pour out. Pour out my spirit. That's exactly what God is doing today. Pouring out His Spirit. Pouring out His Spirit. I want you to know today, God wants to pour out His Spirit upon us. God wants to pour out His Spirit. He wants to release His precious anointing and grace and power over your life. You know, what God wanted to do for you is just pour out himself. When he said he pours out his spirit, it simply means he pours himself into you and me. That's what he wants to do today. Pour himself into you and me. Pour out his presence into you and me. Now we can walk under that precious anointing. He will just allow him to have his way. Very interestingly today, um, I was in my little office in, in the house and uh, uh, I have an old C uh, cassette player in which I had a cassette, I even forgot about it. So I just switched on this because I wanted to hear some worship songs. And, I ended up switching on this tape recorder. I thought it was the CD that was playing, but it was a tape that was playing. 
Very interestingly, the tape that was playing was exactly the tape uh, which was given to me in my Bible school in 1995, where they recorded uh, the, pro the prophetic that came over my life, you know, the prophecy that somebody prophesied over me. And I still remember, you know, this man of God prophesying, this prophet coming and speaking over my life. And then he walked away and I remember falling under the power of God. I've said it before. I was on the floor for six hours, shaking under the power of God. Very interestingly this morning, you know, I, when I switched on the music system, I, I heard that same prophecy. same word which came to me 25 26 years ago the Lord began to remind me the way he visited me the way he touched my life 25 years I want to tell you my friend God has a great plan for you God has a great plan for you God never gives a word to you that he's just to make you feel good. He gives a word to you because he has a plan for you. God never puts a word, a prophetic word into you just to make you feel happy. Of course, we're excited when we get a word. Of course, it makes us happy. But there's much more. I remembered about in 2008-9, back in India, you know, when, when there was, I've been in the ministry for many years, but when everything was, everybody was developing ministry, developing things in the city and, you know, uh, meetings and things. I was involved in a lot of things. But the Lord kept on speaking to me and saying, go to the villages. Go to the villages outside the city. I never understood what it was. Sometimes I was even, you know, not, uh, you know, I was, I was even asking God questions of why. You know, my, my dear friends from India, Gerard and Sano and Suresh, and we guys used to just go weekend after weekend. You know, I'd take a little projector, a speaker, and go out of Chennai to the streets and stand in, in street corners. And uh, we're a kind of crazy people, you know, just four or five of us, uh, you know, go and set up a little uh, uh, thing on a busy street corner in a, in a, in a little town. And uh, just stand on the street and preach the gospel. Some, sometimes, you know, we had only like five or ten people listening to us. Sometimes there was like nobody. The bus used to cross by, people drive by, and we were just preaching. Sometimes in small villages where there were 15, 20, 30 people. And weekend after weekend, that's all that God put in our hearts. We used to run and run and run and run. And never knew that out of that God will raise churches. God will bring ministries. God will bring churches under transforming nations. And very humbly today, I can say that we have over 80, 85 churches under the ministry. Never, 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 never knew 12, 10, 12 years ago what God would do. I want to tell you something. You will never know what God can do through your life. Just bring yourself under Him. He has a plan for you. And these ministry is not about us. It's not about what, it's not about a name for us. It's not about what about us. It's about him. It's about what he wants to do through us. He equips you so that you can equip other people. He anoints you so that you can walk in that anointing and release that anointing for greater things. The anointing came upon David as a young little boy. His first war was not Goliath. His first war was among sheep, trying to fight a lion alone. It was a personal battle for his life. The lion took away one of his sheep. He was angry. He was upset. He ran. And he later on writes when he goes to see Goliath in 1 Samuel 17, he says, the Lord who delivered me from the hand of the lion. It was alone in a personal encounter with the enemy that came against his life, against what God had given him, the sheep that he had. 
He fought that battle alone. Nobody to praise him. Nobody to say, wow, you did great. Nobody to recognize him. Nobody to even bother about him. Out in the field, quietly among sheep, he fought a lion. And that fight with the lion, he understood that God's hand was upon him. He knew God had delivered him from that lion. It didn't stop with the lion. He goes on to say, after the lion, another day came when there was a bear. I learned from handling the lion that I could handle a bear. Fought with a bear. I was so small, the bear was so strong. I was so weak, the bear was so powerful. I knew one hit from the bear and I would die. But I knew that God's anointing was upon me. I fought because I had the anointing of God. I kept crying out, God, 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 God. And I fought that bear because I wanted it. Not to steal what God had given me. My friend, are there things that the enemy steals from you that God has given me? What do you do about it? What are the demons you face today? What are the challenges that come stand your way? What are the lions of your day? What are the bears of your day? Sometimes, you know, we get so caught up with recognition, politics, power, position. Want to be seen, want to be heard. David was not looking for that. He only wanted peace with what he had, with his own sheep. But there he learned a lesson that God was with him. So one day when Goliath came, he said, said to Saul, Saul, you can give me your armor, but I'm not used to it. I have not tested it. It doesn't work for me. But I know one thing that works for me. What is it? He comes to me with a spear and a sword. I can go to him in the name of the Lord. I can go to him in the name of the Lord. And he said, I know one thing. If God can save me from the lion and the bear, he can save me from Goliath. Are you with me? The anointing over your life is for victory over all the challenges you face. God's mighty hand is over your life. Just rise up under this precious anointing and he will do wonderful things in your life. Wonderful things. Tonight, I want to continue from where I left. We are continuing to speak on the prophetic. The prophetic is God's voice over our lives. Prophetic is God's word over you and me. The prophetic is the heart of God for you and me. What he wants to see in you and me, what he wants to do in you and me, is what he has purposed over our lives. That's why Paul says, do not despise prophecies. That's why it's very important today that we know that what we hear is really from God. There are many voices around us, some that look like the prophetic. There are many, many voices, but I want you to know tonight that in the midst of all the voices, you know, God has a great plan and purpose. So let me just um, read to you a couple of scriptures that... Um, uh, to continue with where we left last evening. And I want to say this to you as I, as I look into these uh, portions of Scripture and, and uh, all these verses and, and what God has spoken to me. I don't speak to you as one who knows everything. I'm only sharing what God has spoken to me. So I know that there's much more that you can learn about the prophetic. There's much more that God wants to speak to you. Uh, but... Um, but whatever I have learned, whatever God has taught me, I'm, I'm sharing with you. And I, and I urge you that, um, uh, that you draw deeper and deeper with the Holy Spirit. That you spend time with God, that you walk with God so that his voice over you will be clear and evident for you to live the God life that God has for you. To live the God life that God has for you. Last week... Um, we saw about the prophetic and we saw about how, um, you know, you can hear God. You can see what God 
shows you and then the importance that we need to write it down. We also saw about how, you know, prophets, um, how they have been through many, uh, you know, challenges, how it affects um, you physically. Um, sometimes, you know, um, you feel very weak. Daniel writes about it. He, he felt weak. Um, they are physically drained out when he saw what God had showed him. Daniel also talks that he became speechless. Daniel chapter 11 and verse 15. Uh, Daniel said uh, he could not speak. You know, sometimes when the presence of God is strong, we remember that uh, uh, when the glory of God filled the temple that Solomon built, the priest could not minister before the Lord. I remember um, many years ago, I was in uh, Mozambique with my wife. We were there to minister in a church. Um, it was a, the first night was a crowd of 3,000 people. It was a night prayer. It's a, it's a big church with 5,000 people, and there were almost 3,000 people there for the night service. The church was packed, and, um, and uh, they asked me to minister that night, and uh, that's the first time I'd been to that church. I remember going up on the stage and uh, sharing what the Lord put in my heart. Um, I finished preaching. I came down. I was standing with the pastor, and we were just worshiping God. And um, while we were worshiping, and the worship team was worshiping, suddenly the power of God hit that place. There was a bam. The entire worship team was on the floor, shaking under the power of God. And the wind of the Holy Spirit began to flood that church. People in many places in the church began to fall on the floor, crying out, touched by the mighty presence of God. God's power is real. God's visitation is real. I've seen that many times um, in many, many places over the years. And I want to tell you something. You know, when God begins to move over our life, respond. You know, it's very important. Sometimes we are very sophisticated. Um, but if you want God to to move over your life and you can sense his presence. You can know if you know he's doing something. It's very important we respond. We go on our knees. We go on the floor. We do something in response to what God is doing. It's a biblical thing. So it's very important that we learn to, you know, um, respond when God begins to move. And uh, that's what da uh, Daniel did. Uh, that's what many of the prophets did. And uh, we saw how even um, in Daniel 8 and verse 27, the Bible says Daniel was sick for many days. The glory of God is heavy. The glory of God is, um, you know, sometimes uh, it does things to us. It's not easy. Um, if you really walk with God, it's not easy when God shows you something uh, to hold on to it. Sometimes God doesn't allow you to tell it to anyone. And uh, it's not easy to carry things that God reveals to us, but that's the way it is. We read the word of God again and again and again and again. We'll begin to understand what it takes to walk with God. Uh, walking with God is all about him. It's all about who he is. It's all about what he wants to do. Um, and uh, this precious anointing of uh, the prophetic is to learn to stand in the gap. God ministers to people. He uses prophets uh, to prophesy, to speak about what is coming, what will happen, speak about things. And uh, what he says is, uh, you know, sometimes can be irrelevant to us because, um, uh, you know, it is about him and his people. Not all that he speaks, not all that he says will be, make sense to us because uh, it's important to understand the prophetic is many times like being a, a postman, you know. Uh, it's not the postman's purgative to understand what is written in the letter that is given to someone. His job is to deliver. And uh, sometimes uh, as prophets, we get emotionally, uh, we are affected emotionally, but um, we shouldn't get emotionally affected with other people's messages. Amen. It's not, it's not for us. It's between God and people. And um, so it's very important that we understand that. Um, so tonight, uh, if you turn me to 1 Kings chapter 22, uh, 13 to 28, 
basically talks about uh, um, the Lord speaking to Aaron and Miriam uh, and all the situation that goes on there. So I'm, I'm reading to you. Suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, come out, you three, to the tabernacle of meeting. So the three came out. Verse 4, verse 5, the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud and stood in the door um, of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam. I'm reading actually Numbers chapter 12, verses 4 to 6. Okay, Numbers chapter 12, 4 to 6. Um, you can read about the prophetic in 1 Kings 22, but I'm now reading from Numbers 4 to 6. And called Aaron and Miriam, and they both went forward. And he said to them, hear now my words, if there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Okay, what does God do? God is saying, if there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known. Um, it's very important for us, you know, if you have the prophetic to understand, we don't need to push to see something, you know, sometimes when the when when we are in the prophetic, sometimes you know we are like we like to keep seeing things, and if you push yourself to see things, uh, many times it's more imagination than exactly what God is showing. Okay, God is the initiator of the prophetic. God starts the prophetic. God stirs our spirit. God quickens us to show what He wants us to know. So. It's not important that we are, you know, trying to be anything. The, the prophetic is a calling. It's God's calling upon us. We walk in that calling. So when God wants to speak to us, he will just speak to us. You know, some people think if you, uh, you know, if, you're, if you have the calling of a prophet, then, you know, you, that, there must be always something that you have to say to people, or there must always be something to do, or, you know, um, you need to, to, to do something all the time. You don't need to. God says like this, if there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. God is the one who will capture us. God is the one who will stir our spirit. God is the one who will suddenly do something so we know he's speaking. You suddenly know he's beginning to show you something. Suddenly you know God is beginning to reveal something to you. He says, I speak uh, to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. A seer is also God's spokesman, you know. A seer is also one who is seeing in the Old Testament. Um, we must also remember uh, that, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, leadership, that uh, God always works, uh, you know, through the one he puts on top in leadership. Many people can see many things. Miriam was a prophetess. She could see, uh, but it was, um, you know, so she thought she knew what to do. But uh, God uh, will never bypass leaders that he appoints uh, to be in leadership. And, uh, you know, so everybody sees, all of us see, you know, when we really walk with God, we begin to see things, God shows us things. But, you know, there is a time, there is a way, there is a way God works through uh, his people. So it's very important to know that. So, you know, uh, the prophetic is about seeing and knowing. We don't need to prophesy because there is a need. We need to prophesy only when there is an unction or a nudge by the Holy Spirit to say something. Amen. Let me say it again. We don't need to prophesy because there is a need. Sometimes we can come into a situation where there is a need for a word to be given. There is a need for something, you know, but it's very important to hold back till God reveals himself. It can be even in a very, very uh, anointed situation where the presence of God is very strong and, you know, your, your spirit man is very sharp. Uh, and then sometimes, you know, you, you want to do something, you, you know, because you are in that calling, you are in the gifting and, you know, you, you feel like, okay, I need to do something now. But it's very important to know that we don't need to prophesy because there is a need. We need to prophesy only when there is a nudge an unction. And uh, sometimes it's not wrong to ask God again and again, God, is this, uh, is it really you? Is, is it really, do you really want to do that? And sometimes many of us know this, sometimes uh, when we delay, God uses somebody else to speak the same thing. 
the, the word of the Lord will be in the mouth of the prophets, okay? So some, the word will be in somebody else's mouth as well. And sometimes they may say, it doesn't mean we need to feel guilty. It doesn't mean that we have missed it. Uh, it's okay. Yeah, okay, so it's, it's, it's important that we are patient enough to hear and do what God asks us to do. Okay, uh, God calls prophets. He chooses it. It's a calling to be a prophet. You cannot be made a prophet. You cannot learn something and become a prophet. You need to be called by God. So let me just uh, look at a, 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 a specific uh, scripture that we all know. I'm turning, uh, turn with me to uh, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11. I'm going to start with the office of a prophet uh, tonight. Uh, there are two things. One is a believer's prophecy that 1 Corinthians 14 talks about. Uh, 12, 14 talks about, Paul writes about uh, how um, he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. Mm, you know, and, uh, but tonight I want to start with the, the office of a prophet. Okay? And in verse 11 he says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. Okay, so who gives? God gives. It's a calling. Uh, you, 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 you recognize the calling uh, because you see that you are drawn into it by God. Okay? Um, so the office of a prophet, it's one of the offices of the fivefold ministry. It's very important to, uh, to understand he gave. That means he's the, he's the origin. Some, so all are not called to be in the office of a prophet, only some are called to be in the office of, of, office of a prophet, to be. So he makes you become a prophet, okay? To be for, the Bible says, for the equipping of the saints. So why is the fivefold ministry? Is to equip the saints. It's not about us. It's not about who we are. It's not about what we can become. It's all about him. So the prophetic is about equipping saints. When God, uh, you know, if you look at Samuel, Samuel went and prophesied to Saul. 1 Samuel 10 and verse 6, he says, when the spirit of God comes upon you, you will begin to prophesy, you'll be turned into another man, and you will do as the, uh, the spirit uh, you'll you'll do according to what the spirit of god leads you to do you know you'll know exactly what to do at the right time and then saul releases uh, i mean samuel releases saul to be what god had made him to be the prophetic the office of a prophet is to equip saints is to equip people to become where uh, and how god wants them to be so it's it's a very important office also, uh, you know, you remember when uh, God uh, chose David, God sent the Samuel, uh, sent Samuel to the house of Jesse to anoint him. In the, old, in the New Testament, um, you know, this uh, classic example is Ananias, uh, a certain disciple. God uses him to go and speak, prophesy over Saul uh, that he would become Paul and that he would um, need to carry the the, the gospel into the Gentiles, and that he would suffer many things, okay? But it took time. Uh, Paul began ministry. He was waiting. He began ministry. It took a period of time before Barnabas rec uh, recognized him, uh, took him to Jerusalem, introduced him to the, uh, the apostles. Then, you know, they sent him out, and uh, they recognized the ministry that they did. And later on, uh, from the, the 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 church at Antioch, they send uh, uh, you know disciples to lay hands on Paul and Barnabas and release them into the nations. Okay, so uh, so there is a time we have to wait. There is a way God is a God of order, and uh, for God to release us. Okay, so for the equipping of the saints of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, the prophetic is to edify the body of Christ, to uh, for the unity of the faith knowledge of the son of god okay it is to the, the prophetic is to bring people together one faith paul writes about it one faith one god one baptism you know there are many different kinds of doctrines and many different kinds of streams and and many th things going on but the prophetic is to bring the church into one place 
into understanding God in one way is to move in one direction. Okay, so um, uh, the the, body, the the prophetic is is always to build the church, to build the house of God. So you know it's very important that uh, uh, you know that we are we are clear. The, you know how the prophetic is. Sometimes you know people. Uh, uh, you know, they, uh, okay, I'm careful what I say, but sometimes, you know, people can say things like you should leave the church and you should be alone and you should do this and you should do that. You must be clear. You must know the Bible. If you don't know the word of God, you can be very misled by many words that come to you. By the way, when I say this, let me say to you this, the Holy Spirit inside of you is the same spirit of God that's speaking through a prophet. Okay. Romans chapter eight, the Bible says, his spirit bears witness with my spirit, okay? So when a prophetic word comes to us, sometimes, you know, we, we, uh, we are so caught up with the word that we are not listening. So I always encourage people that you must hear what the prophetic word is that is coming to you. At the same time, you must listen to what, whether your spirit bears witness with the spirit of God. Because sometimes, you know, when somebody tells you, oh, God is going to use you like this and God is going to make the, you like this. And, you know, we get so excited and caught up because there are good things about us that we are not listening. Now, everything that people speak over your life is not from God. Only what God speaks into you is from God. So sometimes if there is a word that comes to you that does not bear witness, I would encourage you don't despise it unless you're sure it's not from God. If you're not sure it's, from, it's not from God, then take it and put it on a shelf. You tell the Lord, Lord, here is this word. I lay it down. If this is from you, one day let it manifest in my life. But if it's not from you, then let it just stay there. So sometimes it's important that we, uh, you know, just not get caught up with every word and react over it. Your personal life decisions must be because you hear God for yourself. Prophecy many times is a confirmation of what God is already speaking to you. When it comes to personal prophecies about your personal life, whatever word you get, you, must, you are responsible for the decisions you make with your own life. So you need to wait on God. Don't despise the prophecy. Hold on to it. Pray over it. Wait on it. Uh, uh, spend time with God till God reveals and makes it real in your life. Some people, when they get a word, God wants you to be a pastor, immediately it gets into their head. And, and you know, it runs into them all the time that they want to jump out of the church and do something to be a pastor because they want to just step into it. No, there's a time, there's a season. If God really said it, then he wants to bring you into it. But there's a season to step into it. There's a time to step into it. The first time when uh, when, when my pastor called me and asked me to be a pastor, I ran the other way. On the day of my ordination, I was running the other side because I really didn't want to be a pastor. I would rather be an evangelist than be a pastor. That was my heart. I love to be an evangelist. I love to preach the gospel. But I could not see myself as a pastor. Until one day, Pastor James called me and said, it's not about what you want to do. It is about what God wants to do, you to do. And he said, God wants you to be a pastor. So I kept it in my heart. I prayed over it. I prayed over it. And I prayed over it. I kept it until I was released into it. Until people began to see it over my life. Until I was put on the stage. I was made to minister. I was brought into it because they recognized until one day, the man of God called me and said, now I'm going to put my hands and lay my hands on you and I'm going to ordain you to be a pastor. You understand? Pastoral calling is a calling from God. Now God can use every one of us to be pastors. It's a wonderful calling. It's a great, great calling to be in. And uh, so I'm not discouraging anyone, but at the same time, wait. Whatever God has spoken over your life, if it is not manifest, wait. And especially when it comes to uh, the fivefold ministry or, or ministry things. It's very important that God releases us into it, that people begin to recognize us, that we are not pushing our way through because it's, it's a very important calling, okay? Uh, quickly, what, is, what else is it? Uh, the Bible says unity of the faith, 
the knowledge of the Son of God to become a perfect man. Okay? What is it? To a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of God. This fivefold ministry is to bless the body of Christ and help them to grow in perfection like Christ. That's why it's very important that when the ministry gifts are operating in us, uh, you know, apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist, we are, we are, we, we work under the covering where you want every believer, every one of your, your, your church members or everyone in your fellowship, everyone, you bring them into a place that they will come uh, into a, a nature that Jesus has, okay? So it's not about people following us. It's not people following our teaching. It's them following Jesus. It's beginning to capture every one of the believers that God has given you. They need to come into a lifestyle of Jesus in their lives. That's the thing. That's why the ministry, the ministry is all about Jesus. It's all about people capturing Jesus, having the nature of Jesus, having uh, the likeness of Jesus, becoming like him, learning from him. Okay, that's why the Bible, when, you, when you go through the Bible, you go through uh, and see what it takes to be like Jesus, what was his nature, what was his character, how he was, how he handled people, how he lived his life. That's what you drive people into. You bring them to a place that they follow after Jesus. Go and make disciples. Who's a disciple? One who follows the master. The master is Jesus. Go and make disciples of all nations, wherever you go, all across the world, nations of the world, whichever church, whichever ministry, wherever God uses you, whatever street corner you're preaching, your life is about bringing people to the likeness of Jesus, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of God, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. What is it about? The fivefold ministry is about establishing people that God has given in your hands, putting them on solid rock, not allowing them to be tossed about by all kinds of winds of doctrine. It's very challenging today because, you know, uh, people are uh, listening to all kinds of things online and and, uh, you know, sometimes when we watch things online, we don't know the life behind the people. We don't know what is really behind them. So we really need a design. We really need God. We really need, you know, so you can, very subtly you can walk into something that's really not of God if you're not careful. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. So some simple indicators, they're not rules, but indicators that I would like to say, first of all, if the prophetic is over you, you will know it deep in your soul. Nobody can take it out of you. You know that you are a prophet. Nobody can shake you out of it. Revelatory gifts, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, discerning of spirit are easy and evident over you. When you, you know, when you come to people, you can see things about them just like that. And you know it's not you. You're not, you're not pressing, you're not pushing. It's, it, just, it just begins to flow. You know it. You will know that this revelatory gifts, gifts of revelation, are just all over you. Okay? You don't strive to hear. You just hear. You know? You're not pressing to hear and you're not, you know, you'll just begin to hear. You know it's God. It's be a, such an easy thing because it's an office. It's a calling. You see it before its manifestation. You see, you begin to see things before they manifest. You begin to wonder, but I knew this was coming. How? One day in my house, I saw this. I began to, you know, and then it happened. You begin to see things that God shows you, and then you begin to see it happen in the world around you. You begin to understand that you're stepping into it, okay? Uh, it is not what we want. It is what God wants. We can desire, but it's something that, God wants. When I say that, I want to say this to you. 
we need to come to a place in our life where we need to crucify our flesh passions desires if we need to follow god it's a hard place to be in but it is a good place to be in when we die to our flesh god can take over so sometimes you know we can be pushing for the wrong gift because we like it but maybe that's not what god wants for us so sometimes we can end up becoming something because we have this push you know this i want to be this i want to be because i saw this person i saw that person i like it i want to be it you push yourself and you're trying to follow after something when god actually has something else for you so the best way to step you know whether it be the prophetic or any any ministry is to come to that place where you say god may your will be done in my life may i become what you want me to become i remember 2008 in a meeting you know i heard these words god has a plan for you heaven is waiting for those plans to be fulfilled in your life and there are many that are waiting to be touched when that plan is fulfilled in your life this is a man preaching from a pulpit to a crowd of people but the word of the lord came to me i knew it was for me it began to do something to me and the only way i could step into that i knew it was for me 100% i couldn't sleep i couldn't i mean i couldn't uh, not not sleep i couldn't uh, get it out of my head it was rolling in my head god has a plan for you heaven is waiting for that plan to be fulfilled and many are waiting on the other side to be blessed so i had to wait 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 until i had to surrender i wanted to do many things for god but i had to come to that place where i had to wait and tell the lord lord you take over god you tell me what to do and the first thing the lord said is go back to every nation i took you and uh, i remember the first place was malaysia and that you know god god did something to me on a on a on a railway station um, you know sitting out in a railway station one morning and the lord you know really visited me out quietly alone waiting for someone and uh, rest was history things began to turn because because he had his way god had his way so i want to tell you something god wants to have his way in you okay uh, it is a calling the, pro- the office of a prophet is a calling uh, you understand your god's mouthpiece so it's serious business it is not merely because somebody prophesied over us but it is more because you see the revelatory gifts manifest in your life and ministry okay so it's just not because somebody said of course you know god uses prophets to speak into us that word will keep coming to us again and again and again and then you will begin to see it manifest in you there is a deep sense of willingness to walk a narrower path that than many around you you come to a place where you personally want to walk a narrower path than many people uh, you can feel it in the depths of you you're not able to do even other things that other believers do you're not able to do that because you are asking yourself i want to be in a narrower path god i want to be there with you uh, a sense of responsibility to present the cause of christ accurately will be over your life you want to be accurate uh, you understand your calling is about the cause of christ um a deep passion to turn the heart of the father to the children and the children to the father that's god's word i'll be a longing in your soul where you say god your people must look at you and you must look at your people it'll be a responsibility over you It'll be a responsibility that you carry moses carried it samuel carried it the prophets in the bible elijah elisha they all carried people god and his people jeremiah ezekiel talk about them hosea joel amos obadiah jonah micah nahum habakkuk zephaniah you know you look at all these guys look at all the prophets in the in the, in the in the new testament you know they they were all it was all about god and his people the prophetic is about god and his people moved often to deep intercession you are always sometimes in a place where you're saying god i want to just be quiet sit with you i want to withdraw to be with you you can see that 
mature men and women in the ministry will recognize the call of God upon you. People will, you know, people really walk with God. They will look at you and say, the prophetic is all over you. They will recognize it. You can hear them speak about you. They recognize the call. You don't need to proclaim it. It is proclaimed over you. Amen. You don't need to proclaim it. It is proclaimed over you. It's not only for an occasion. It is a vocation. Are you with me? It's not just for a season or a period of time. It is a way of life. God wants you and me to step into that as we come into, uh, you know, even deeper things about the prophetic in the coming weeks. Uh, it's, an, it's an amazing thing. You know, while, I, while we go into the prophetic, I also want to, to share with you calling, purpose, um, uh, authority of God, uh, the plan of God, uh, stepping into the purposes of God, uh, responsibility. There's a lot of things that goes with the prophetic. So while we touch the prophetic, uh, I know I'm also doing the uh, office of a prophet and the gift of prophecy, but I, I want to go into all of that because they're a part of the calling, calling of God over your life. You know, along with it comes responsibility, comes authority, comes a position, a spiritual position uh, that God puts you uh, over a territory, over a place, um, a word over your nation, a, a word over your uh, over what God has given into your hands. There's a lot of things that goes with this. So we'll look, look into those things biblically, scripturally, so that we understand that, you know, the prophetic is not just a, uh, it's not just a, a something that is occasional. It is a vocation. Amen. Do you close your eyes with me for one moment? Hallelujah. I want to tell you every gift, including the prophetic, starts because longing and a deep desire for a stronger encounter with God. Strong encounter with God. The deeper you get with God, the more mature you become in the ministry, the more longing you have for Him. The longer, the more longing you have for Him, the more you wait on Him, the greater the revelation, the greater the anointing. The greater the anointing, the greater the revelation, the more humble and the more simple you become. Your life is not complicated anymore. Live a very simple life because you know everything. Everything is about Jesus. You understand that you are under the Lordship of your Heavenly Father. You understand all authority over your life. You understand authority in a different way. Classic example is Jesus. When the crowds were screaming and shouting, crucify him. When the man in authority to release him to death, Pilate, was sitting on a seat of authority under the Roman gown, had the power to do what he wanted to do with Jesus. And the crowd had come to him and here was Pilate with all his pomp and glory. You know, just the charisma around him. You know, the, the Roman delegate, the, the Roman, uh, you know, pomp and glory around him. The seat of power that he was sitting in. Jesus was very quiet. The Bible says he was like a lamb. Like, uh, like a lamb before its shearers was silent. So he was silent, the Bible says. Very silent. In the midst of all of the, all of the powers of the world around him, the power of the Jews, and the power of the Roman government, the the powers of the world were up. But you know something? Jesus looked at Pilate and said, "You have no authority over me." Are you with me? That's what you understand. In the height, problems, situations, challenges. In the world around you, the glory of God is upon you. You understand. No one, nobody has authority, but your heavenly father has over your life. Deeper walk with God is understanding who God is. Your life is not about how well you know your, your enemy. 
your life is about how well you know your God. Father, thank you, Lord, tonight. Thank you tonight. Ask you. You would continue to lead us, O oh God. Draw us, Lord. Draw us. Like the woman with the issue of blood pressed into the presence of God. Like the blind man. Waited patiently. Like Zacchaeus was willing to climb up the sycamore tree. Didn't care about his reputation. Like Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue, fell at the feet of Jesus. Begged him, the Bible says, Mark chapter 5. Implored him. Wasn't worried about what the sect will talk about. Wasn't worried about what he would have to face after meeting Jesus. I want to tell you, my brother, my dear sister, the need for God in your life is greater than any recognition, power, position. Sometimes, you know, we're looking for man's approval and forgetting to understand whether we are under God's approval. God's approval is more important than every man's approval. God, 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 God. Father, bring us to that place tonight. Pray for all my brothers and sisters in this meeting tonight. Bring us to the depths of who you are, a place of understanding and walking with you under the precious anointing of the Holy Spirit. Father, even with this prophetic that we are speaking about, may your will be done over our lives. You pick, Lord. You choose, Lord. You do what you want. You move us where you want us to be. You move us into the calling that you want us to be in. You use us the way you want us to be used. Lord, we don't want to run and try to be like another minister, like another ministry. We don't want to, we don't want, we want, don't want to do some ministry because uh, maybe, maybe finances will be easier or some ministry because that looks like the most important need of the hour. Father, our life is not run by needs. Our life is run by your presence and your spirit. Release us tonight to walk with you. Pray for all my brothers and sisters in this meeting. Oh God, fresh encounter with the Holy Spirit for every one of us. Every one of us. Fresh encounter. We need another touch. We need another moment. For those who need a healing tonight in their body, those who have a situation, those who need a prayer tonight, the God who answers prayer. So tonight, under the mighty anointing of God, Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak for miracles, I speak healing, victory, in the name of Jesus over your children. Father, reach out and touch us tonight. Let sicknesses fall down. Let every plan of the enemy or our lives be broken down. May any hold, if there be, from the powers of darkness be broken tonight by the precious anointing. Father, sickness in their body, those who have an issue with their spine, with their knees, headaches, lungs. Oh God, Jesus' name. Pain in the elbow. Commanded to go in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah hand of the Lord is coming upon your spine. hand of the Lord is coming upon your back. hand of the Lord is coming upon your knees. In the name of Jesus. Pain in the knees. Go. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Tears. The Lord is saying to someone, don't cry. I'm there for you. I will fill your loneliness with my presence. Don't cry. I see your tears, the Lord says. See your pain. The Lord says, I will help you. I will be with you. Do not be afraid. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. We love you. Thank you for tonight. 
Thank you for your precious anointing and grace over our lives. Be with each one, bless them, walk with them. Let there be an open heaven over their lives. May they experience you, the manifested presence of God. You said in your word in John 14, 21, if you love me, keep my commandments. I and the Father will love you and I will manifest myself in you. Manifested presence of Jesus, be evident over every one of our lives. Thank you for this evening of deeper. Continue to be with us until we meet again next week. All God's people said, Amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining us tonight. Glorious days are there for you. Just keep your head held up. Keep praying in the Holy Spirit. Talk to Jesus. Read the Word of God. Spend time with Jesus. We'll see glorious days. God bless you. God bless you. This broadcast is from Transforming Nations for Jesus. If you would like to get in touch with us, please write to us at transforminginationsforjesus@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us. Be blessed.